Now the fun begins. Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and of course, PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversations around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So, wherever you get a podcast at, make sure to follow us, do all that jazz, everything I tell you every week, follow us, rate us, review us, all that jazz, wherever you get a podcast at. If we're not on there, on the one that you like, uh, you know, whatever it may be, let me know, we'll get us on there. And... While you're at it, follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games like, and our dope giveaways, which we do have a couple dope giveaways lined up coming in the second half of the year. So make sure you uh, get on that and get on to the Twitters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I completely lost it here. Um, as always, I'm your host, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelist on most internet platforms. Joining me, as always, are the thoughts in my head. That's right. It's just me today. <laughs> uh, just me checking in. Uh, Mike is on vacation. Uh, he is out with his family, uh, out doing a little, uh, it looks like camping. Um, not camping, but like they got like a nice little like kind of mountain getaway cabin place just to chill out for the weekend. More resort style. So they're having a blast while us schlubs, you know, slum it away yet again at work, you know. Must be nice. No, just kidding. No, it looks dope. So Mike, Mike is not here this week. Uh, it's just me. Uh, so it'll be eh, probably a little bit later of an episode. Uh, less news heavy, I think. Well, we'll be checking in on some new stuff. But more or less, it's one of those episodes that pop up every now and then whenever our schedules conflict and whatnot. That I want to make sure I get out and talk to you guys and whatnot. Um, that I just want to make sure I check in and kind of more so, I guess they're more personalized with me. That I like to just kind of you know, go from the hip and it, it real realistically, these episodes for the most part have like no run of show, like a little inside baseball for you. Like I look at a couple articles, yada, yada, what I want to talk about, but mostly it's about what I think, you know, and sometimes we talk about, you know, back end stuff of the show and things like that. And kind of, you know, the process behind that, or, you know, I've been taking a lot of classes in, you know, 3D design. And now I'm getting into, I'm actually finishing up a course at Unreal Engine right now. Like, Maybe I want to talk about those. It's, it's just one of one of kind of those things that I like to talk about, more personal, but also, too, just topics that pop up um, that I feel need to be either touched on again or add a little emphasis to or just could be, you know, from just, you know, something that I thought was really interesting kind of thing. But anywho, yeah, it's just me this week. So it'll be a, it'll be I, I need to figure out what to call these episodes. I it, like I'm still racking my brain around like, what the fuck do I even refer to these as? Is this like, you know, <laughs> I, I want to say I'm a big Mac Miller fan, big Mac Miller fan, if I could spit it out. Um, I always thought of like Thoughts from the Balcony because that's one of my favorite songs of, of Mac Miller, R.I.P. Um, but I think that's a little too cheesy for just me. Um, 
I think that's a little deeper for maybe what our our uh, talks are, but I'll workshop something. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I need to get a little more down and dirty into thinking about what actually I want to call these, because I think they deserve to be a little cut away for either, you know, th- sure, they're obviously going to be mainline. They are our mainline episode for the week, yada, yada. But just so you know that and you guys are aware of, you know, hey, this is going to be a little more, you know, I don't want to say topical because each each week's topical, but it's usually more newsworthy trending and sometimes i like to just peel back and just talk about you know hey what have i what the fuck have i just been playing or you know what am i revisiting or you know just whatever i am interpreting through various things in the games industry right now um as someone who's now been covering the games industry for you know a few years and uh who is you know wrote about uh video games and now is getting into the development of video games um as you know obviously a hobby at first but you know somebody who maybe you want to you know, switch my career path one day and do that. So just different things like that that I think are important to talk about. But anyways, we'll get into at least what I'm what I've been playing. Because usually it's, you know, what's good, what's going on, what have you been playing. But um since Mike's not here to answer that, obviously, I'll kick it to myself. Hey, thanks, Travis. Hey, no problem, Travis. Um so <laughs> my wife and I are just about finished with LA Noir. Um I got to the point where <laughs> like 10 years ago when Mike, Adam, and I were playing it for the first time uh, that we all basically quit at uh, that we never finished at because we turned it off. We love the game up until this one specific part. And I don't want to go into details on it, obviously, but it was this one specific part that happens and probably, you know, I want to say at least bare minimum 75% of the way through the game. If not, probably, probably 85, 90% of the way through the game. Like we'll probably finish it tonight. I would think um, if, if I had my choice, I would want to finish it tonight. Um, not in the bad, w- not in the way of like, oh, no. but I actually want to see what happens because <laughs> we were all playing it at Adam's house, like doing a playthrough of it over a couple days or whatnot. And we got to that point and it was very much a like, I think we were all kind of pissed off of what happened with the plot in the one specific point of the game. But me, I'm much more of a like, oh, you know what? I didn't necessarily like that, but I'm interested to see where it goes to or uh, you know what, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have done it that way, but I respect the vision and some trying something and this or that, yada, yada. And not that my opinion, obviously, is anything different from anybody else's or anything to write home on or yada, yada. You get what I'm trying to say. But, um, but Mike very much is, we're yin and yang in that uh, regard, where he is very much like, no, I don't like it, we're done. Like, I'm done, you know, and, and Adam and I, obviously, and Adam's kind of right in the middle of it, kind of, you know, he's either gets something really into something really, really, really deeply or just kind of like, eh, nah, you know, it kind of moves on from it, but um, gives it its respect, though. But then also, eh, you know, but um, so we all just kind of because I think Mike made the executive decision of like, all right, let's play some Halo or something like that. Like we were just kind of done at that point. But telling molly about that and not that i liked the part in the game but now i'm much more interested to see how it actually fucking ends this time around um so we're we got past that part last night i'm i'm curious to see what what kind of comes of this ending because i like i said i've never i've never seen the end of it before i've never i i don't know i it hasn't been spoiled to me yada yada like so i'm curious to see if it is that very much of a wet fart ending because um, I don't believe it would be. And I, I've always had really strong faith in 
uh, Rockstar, especially the powers that be at Rockstar, um, uh, the Hauser brothers and whatnot, like them from a writing and design stand pro- approach to their games. I've always been very, and obviously too, you know, we're talking about different Rockstar studios or whatnot, but they're still hands on to it to some degree in everything that Rockstar puts out to a degree. So I still feel very confident that it's not going to be as cut and dry as I think it is. So I'm excited to see the end of that. Hopefully we do figure that out tonight. Um, and we kind of roll credits on that and call it a day. Um, besides that, um, kind of looking around at what else I've been playing. Um, oh, the uh, last night, I think I mentioned it last week on the show. Cause or did I, I can't remember. I, but I started playing uh rise of the tomb Raider last week on PC. That is uh, Molly. And I started playing it last summer. Because for some reason, I had played I had played Tomb Raider 2013. And I don't have the biggest, like, emotional connection or, like, lineage, with which I don't know if that's the appropriate word to say, but you get the idea. I don't have the this nostalgic connection to Tomb Raider that much outside of, like, I never owned one of them, but I owned, like, every Tomb Raider, like, OG Tomb Raider demo um, that came out on PC. And, like, I remember, what was it, Tomb Raider 2? I'm actually going to, like, look this up on the fly right now while we're sitting here talking about this. Um, Tomb Raider 2. Is that the one with the monkeys? Or is that 3? Okay, so Tomb Raider 3, I believe. Yeah, getting slapped. Here we go. Getting slapped to death by a monkey, monkey in Tomb Raider 3. Yes, this is it. You try to shoot the monkeys, they get pissed off, and they come and just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yes, so now I remember that vividly. Um, but uh, it was always like the Tomb Raider games, I always, like, I guess Eidos games in general, like OG Eidos games, the Tomb Raider games, uh, Commandos, I believe Commandos was Eidos. Uh, I believe that was developers Pyro. Who was the publisher? Idos. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, like I remember, I think it was my cousin maybe who gave me one, but it was an Idos demo disc that had all these different Idos, obviously Idos Interactive games on there, and that was before obviously Square Enix bought them. So we're talking Tomb Raider. Legacy of Cain, uh, Soul Reaver specifically. I had to look that up today because there's a there was a trailer that I always wanted to play that game. Um, I've never played a Legacy of Cain game, nor did I when I was a kid either. I just saw this fucking trailer that came on the disc and was like, "Whoa, this game looks fucking intense." For you know me at whatever it was, I'm, I'm just looking shit up on the fly at this point. <laughs> um, Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver. When did that come out? That came out in 1999. Okay, so me at six years old being like, this game looks fucking badass. I need to play this game. Um, no idea why I <laughs> thought, yes, this is the game I want. Also, too, it was brain mature. And <laughs> I had the parents who were like, no, you're not. It's brain mature. You're not playing that. Like, if it wasn't for like me being like, come on, let's get real. Like, I probably wouldn't have been able to play T games until I was teen. Until I was like, no, just fucking, they just, just, just give me the game, like, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, 
but I always did want to play that. Uh, but yeah, in terms of, and always, what I think is really cool, head designer on that game, Amy Henning, which shout out to Amy Henning, uh, one of the brilliant minds in gaming and one of the pioneers in gaming from a female standpoint, I like to think. So um, shout out to Amy. Um, but anyways, getting off topic on that, Eidos Interactive uh, that had Deus Ex, obviously, Tomb Raider, Legacy of Kane, Commandos. They also had this one game. Demo disc. Hold on. I got to. Because I brought this up to Adam at one point. And he was like, oh, my God. I... Revenant. That's it. It was like a Diablo clone. Um, and it was so much fucking fun playing that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Eidos demo disc. That's it. Yes. I found the one that I. The, I uh, No, I think I had two of them. So I think I had one with one of these ones with uh, Lara Croft on it. But yeah, this one had uh, Revenant, like I said, that Diablo like clone kind of game. Um, Thief, it, that was Thief the Dark Project, at least on that one. Um, Legacy Kane, Soul Reaver, like I said. Um, what else? Braveheart, I wanted to play, but I was wasn't able to because it was only a, a trailer of it. Um, Commandos Behind Enemy Lines and Beyond the Call of Duty. I remember playing those. All all the Tomb Raiders. Tomb Raider Gold, Tomb Raider 2 Gold, Tomb Raider 2, Tomb Raider 3 are on there. Um, I think that's it. But yes. Oh, and Gangsters Organized Crime. I remember that one. Holy shit. But yeah, I was a big demo disc kid growing up. Fucking, oh my God. Incredible. But yeah, so all of that long tangent. It's just me too. Like I said, these are like just my thoughts rambling. Um, all of these... Uh, all of that to say that, no, I don't really have the connection to Tomb Raider that a lot of people, I guess, in my generation have, or a little bit older, probably, but the millennial generation has with Tomb Raider. You know, whether it's Laura Croft being the quote-unquote sex icon that people wanted to perceive her as, which that did not age very well at all, um, because I much prefer the Tomb Raider that we have now, um, that it, it just definitely... Definitely didn't age well, to say the least, but I like the direction we're going with Tomb Raider now. Um, but I never had that connection with it. Um, it. I played a lot of PC games when I was a kid, but never had that true connection that I was playing a lot of Tomb Raider games. I always thought they were clunky and hard to move, which they are. Um, <laughs> but I, whenever Tomb Raider 2013 came out, I remember kind of shaking my head at that right off the bat. I'm like, and I, I was also in that mindset of like every everything is getting a reboot, which I'm still very one of those people, and I'm on record saying this. I've always been one of those people to people always roll their eyes or shake their heads at reboots with like anything in media, whether it's movies, games, yada yada, you name it. More so movies. They reboot, and I think that's just because it's been done so often. I always am the one though to think kind of like what I said towards the top of the show that I was like you know what, might not be for me, but I'm interested to see how they go. But especially to IP and, you know, whether it's IP or it's something big that I know has a lot of, still has weight to it, like Dune. was not a, I, I'm not a Dune guy. I never watched the original movie. I never read the book uh, or the series. Like, I, I don't have that connection to Dune. But I was really interested to, because I like Denny Veldune, like, I really... I really was interested to see what he could do with his vision and what that would look like now. I mean, that's anything that you, that we kind of, you know, come out with. So, I, but I remember when Tomb Raider 2013 came out, I was like, nah, I don't know how I feel about this because we're on that role right now where we're just bringing back a lot of these big third party, like, 
third party 90s games that had a lot of weight back then, but didn't translate well. And I think, too, I'm also thinking I'm still in the mindset of Duke Nukem Forever and that coming out and being like, why the fuck did they one? This game should have came out 10 years ago. But two, this game just shouldn't come out. It doesn't need to come out now. Like, we just don't need we don't need another Duke Nukem game. Like, period. We don't. Um, So it was kind of that mindset of like, let's just let sleeping dogs rest kind of thing. But then the buzz picked up on it and whatnot. And I still never really got around to playing it until really, I think we finished it. Yeah, we finished it for the first time last summer, the original or 2013's Tomb Raider and had a blast with it. Like, and I had played it a few times before that and knew like, okay, no, this is much different than I, what I, you know, expected. It's obviously taking a lot of inspiration from uh, the success of Uncharted. Um, so it made a lot of sense for me, somebody who lo- loves those style of blockbuster third, uh, third person over the shoulder, you know, narrative heavy games. I'm all for it. Um, and so, you know, actually finally sitting down and being like, yo, let's play through this. Loved it, had a great time, and then moved on to Rise, obviously. We started playing it, but got distracted by something else. I think that was right around when, might have been when Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart came out, and I got obviously sucked into that. Um, So it got pushed to the side. We have started playing other things. You know how that goes. Um, But I wanted to come back to it because I forgot I owned it on PC as well that is total me move to like, even if I have it on console, I notice it's like two bucks on steam or wherever. And, or two, I find it online for dirt cheap. I'm like, or I see Wario posted or something like that. I'm like, fuck, I might as well pick it up. Cause I, now that I have, you know, a pretty beefy PC, I, I want to see how this thing fucking roars. You know, I want to, I want to let this thing, let the dog off the leash. You know what I'm talking about, Abby? Yeah, she's sleeping. <laughs> Anyways, though, uh, so I randomly was like, you know what? I kind of want to play through that. So went through, played it by myself, um, uh, which I don't know how Molly's going to feel about that one. because it, It's hard to tell. It, it, you know, and if you're a listener who has a significant other that you game with, you probably have that. Like, it's just like Netflix or whatever. Like, oh, uh, your partner may say, oh, you know, I don't know how, you know, if you'll like this or whatever, but, you know, let's. You want to give it a try? Yeah, sure. You watch an episode of it, and it's like, eh, you know, you know I'll, I'll keep watching if you want to. And then you kind of let it go, and then that person, like, the, your partner then is like, well, I was into it. I'm going to keep watching if they're not. They keep watching, and then you're like, oh, fuck. I would have, if you really wanted to watch that, I would have watched it with you, yada, yada. Like, I don't know if it's going to be one of those situations, but who cares? <laughs> um, but, yeah, had a blast with it. Rolled credits with it. Um, it is very much a game from 2015. Um, and I know that's weird to say, but we're still talking about early portions of the, the generation of that point, still figuring out the PS4 and Xbox one tech, um, you know, that end of it, it, it's very clear. I mean, even to the, as somebody who loves the Witcher three, the Witcher three wild hunt was not what it was today when it first launched, it was, had a lot of issues. Um, so, it, it You could tell that this is still them figuring out. And also, too, as somebody who is coming from being such a diehard Uncharted fan who loves that type of storytelling and loves that, you know, that who loves the narrative of Nathan Drake or however the world of Nathan Drake, like coming into that and playing these games, you could clearly tell, obviously, hey, we're taking inspiration from Uncharted. We want to, you know, we want to have our own version of that, especially to 
it's very clear why Xbox at that time, or Microsoft wanted and signed an exclusivity deal with um, Crystal Dynamics and Eidos and Square to make Rise of the Tomb Raider console exclusive for the Xbox when it first released. So they had their version of Uncharted in a roundabout way. But it's definitely a lot. You could tell, obviously, hey, this is a third-party published game. This is being made across multiple different platforms because it's not it's it's 90 percent of the way there. There were a, a, more than a handful of times where I know I'm 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 approaching climbing and things like that in a way that I would when I'm playing Uncharted, where the tech that's built around this game is very fine-tuned for that specifically that is able to pick up on the motion I'm making with my controller, with my, yeah, just control input in general. It's going to be a little more responsive and pick up on directional, you know, the way I'm going a little bit more in terms of the locomotion of the animation to get me there. Where this isn't, like, Uncharted's being made for one platform, period. Across the board, it's being made with one platform with one piece of technology in mind. Boom, there you go. Where this is being made for multiple pieces that's scalable and across the board and whatnot. That It's got a... It's got a, it's the Venn diagram. It's got to fit all over on that one spot and cover as much of that as possible. So there were times where I failed multiple times because I'm trying to jump to one place and it flings me across or it, it, it isn't intuitive enough to understand that I'm trying to do it at, you know, a jump at maybe a, you know, 75 degree angle, not a 90. And it's making me do that. I'm just missing like things like that. Um, it's, it, it's obviously a little clunky around there and a little rough around the edges, but I really dug it. I thought it was a great, really with games like that. I'm looking for just, Hey, I want that evolution. I want that. Give me the next logical step for this franchise. And that's what I wanted with, Hey, coming off of Tomb Raider, uh, 2013. Cool. If it's just more of Tomb Raider 2013, that's great. Awesome. But if it can improve on that a little bit, that's even better. That's all I want. Just It doesn't have to be a lot. And I thought they improved it in all the areas that I wanted. The combat was much flowed much better. It was much more expansive with the tombs that you're trying to find and, you know, the tomb, uh, the puzzle rooms and things like that. Um, the side quests that were available, I thought, were pretty cool. Um, the areas were much more expansive for what you're trying to do in almost more like hub areas, which I thought was cool. Um, it helped break up the linearity of the game a little bit, which I thought was great. Um, but it, it's one of those games at the end of the day, like, yeah, towards the end, I was like, okay, I'm ready to get done. And more so from the end of rough around the edges of I'm having issues with mobility and doing what I clearly know I'm inputting kind of thing. Nothing to do with the actual game itself, um, what I'm playing, the narrative, whatever. Like, the it, you're not expecting a lot to begin with. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but you're not expecting a classical novel to come out of this. Like, you're expecting, expecting like, you're going to sit down and watch, you know, shove your face full of popcorn while you're sitting in a movie theater kind of blockbuster experience. Almost like a Michael Bay-esque experience, which, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to fucking dump all over Crystal Dynamics by associating them with Michael Bay. Fuck Michael Bay. I can't stand Michael Bay movies. <laughs> um, I'm, Michael Bay is like... I, actually, no. My my dislike of Michael Bay is much more than Marshy's with uh, with Spelunky being... It's fine. Like, no. Michael Bay sucks. Um, but 
that you get what I mean, where I'm sitting down, my expect, expectations are set at that. And I think that really, really helps that franchise. And I'm actually excited to get into Shadow. I know Shadow was a little more diversive um, with its reception, because um, I think it's at like, uh, what's it at Metacritic wise? IGN did give it a 9 out of 10. But, where's the wiki? If I can just go down to the Metacritic, it's on here. Um, so I'd be probably playing this on PC. May play it on my Series X. But, so we're looking at Series X is actually rated the highest. It's an 82 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, PC's at a 77. So it's a little, it's across the board, but it looks like it's a very solid 8. Like, this is an 8, maybe 8.5 game on a good day. Where you got like Destructoid 7.5, EGM 8, uh, Games Radar a 4 out of 5 stars, Game uh, Game Revolution 4 out of 5 stars as well, IGN a 9, PC Gamer an 84, VideoGamer.com 7 out of 10, but then you have like GameSpot gave it a 6 out of 10. Like it's just one, I think it's very much a, a good third party game and probably what it sounds like a good next step for this franchise in terms of or capping off the origin story of uh Lara Croft and I think too just subliminally I was after hearing the news of hey we're getting uh Crystal Dynamics came out and confirmed hey yeah we're working on the next Tomb Raider it's in Unreal Engine 5 we're partnering with Epic yada yada like that also put that I think playing that seed in my head of like all right I think I want to play Tomb Raider again <laughs> so uh those were two of the more bigger uh, two of the bigger things i've been playing trying to think what else obviously hunt showdown uh we've been playing that here and there as well destiny i need to get back into because i've been very lackadaisical about getting back into that and kind of kicking that off and fortnite as well like i've still been playing fortnite uh played it with guys over the weekend which was obviously great that's kind of becoming our like friday thing to do um probably won't do it this week because mike's not around but um maybe kyle and adam will want to still but um yeah, kind of been poking and prodding around in that. And like I said, I, I backed off of my Witcher Wild Hunt playthrough because of uh, the next-gen update. I was waiting on that, um, or my replay of that, I should say. My, yet another replay of uh, Wild Hunt. But um, actually, coming out today, one of the things that did come out, the Witcher 3's next-gen upgrade was delayed indefinitely now. Um, but that's for, I think, good reason, that because CDPR is taking over the development in-house of that. Um, indefinitely, if you ask me, I think for something like that, it's obviously not going to be Q2 now. Um, so I could see this being a nice, you know, summer surprise that comes maybe like a July, um, August, maybe before, you know, Q th or Q4 starts really, you know, somewhere between there. I think this, that could be a nice Q late Q3 release, um, which would be cool. So I may jump back into that and start playing that again. Um, but I think I'm going to jump into Shadow next. I think I'm going to go Shadow of the Tomb Raider next. I think that might be my next um, thing I jump into. But we'll, we will see. I'm not sure. It's, it's it's very much kind of like... There's there's many plates that could be spun right now. And I'm trying to figure out which one I want to give emphasis on. Anywho, though. So, kind of looking around... Like I said, not the biggest of news weeks in terms of gaming, of what to talk about. But we do have a few things, obviously, we can go over. One of them being 
some big news that kind of came out. I don't want to say out of nowhere because I think a lot of people obviously knew it was coming if you're, you know, if you played the other games and whatnot and just kind of know how much <laughs> how much weight the franchise has carried for so long now, uh, especially being its 20th anniversary. But in a surprise fashion, I think more or less the surprise of it being what we saw, um, we got confirmation. Kingdom Hearts 4 is officially coming in an official manner, and we got fucking footage from it, <laughs> um, which is pretty crazy. So uh, pulling this up, this is Adam Bankford, Bankhurst over at IGN, kind of giving a nice little rundown of what's coming out with the Kingdom Hearts anniversary stream that they had um, over the weekend. So let's dig into it. As always, link in the description for Adam. Kingdom Hearts 4 and Kingdom Hearts Missing Link were officially announced at the series' 20th anniversary event. While no platforms or release date windows for Kingdom Hearts 4 were revealed, we do get a glimpse of Sora in a new world of Quadratum. I hope I said that right. A quick look at gameplay and an ending tease complete with Donald and Goofy. The footage we were given shows an art style that very much resembles the previous games, but it has much more of a realistic look this time around. Square Enix has also confirmed that the game is in, quote, early development, so the wait may be a tough one. Which, shocker. If if you're a fan of Kingdom Hearts like I was for a long time, not necessarily super deep, deep, but I always had, like, I had a lot of really great memories with the with Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 growing up, uh, and was very much all full in on getting Kingdom Hearts 3 when it launched, and had a great time with it. Um, you know, we were obviously waiting a little longer than we should have, but I digress. Point B. The trailer begins by saying, this is the, quote, lost master arc, with a narration saying, quote, if this isn't the ending you desired, if it brings you despair, then leave this world for another. The footage begins in a forest and then transitions to a large city. Sora is also seen waking up in an apartment, and we are then introduced to Stratzil, or Streltilza. I, I need to get, like, Cam Hawkins or somebody on the show to come who are big Kingdom Hearts fans that can come and break all this down because I've only played maybe half of the side games and things like that. Like, I never played Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. I believe it's Cross. Um, the mobile game. Well, I have played it, but very, 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 very sparingly. Um, while all seem peaceful for a moment, a threat manifests in the sky that resembles a massive Heartless. In the quick tease of gameplay, we see Sora and his iconic Keyblade flying through the sky, climbing buildings, surfing on the walls, and even using his weapon as a grappling hook of sorts. Donald and Goofy appear at the end without Sora, and they look to be on the search for their friend as Donald asks, quote, I wonder where he is. Then a mysterious figure off screen startles them by saying, hey, just where do you think you're going? Donald and Goofy scream in shock, and the video cuts to black with the phrase, quote, magic in the making. Kingdom Hearts Missing Link is an all-new iOS game, uh, Android game that features 3D action familiar to the mainline uh, entries, and closed beta is planned later this year. So, obviously, like I said, we have no idea when this game is coming. Um, besides that, it is confirmed to be, I believe, on Unreal 5... Or no, I think it's actually on Unreal 4. Actually, if I remember correctly, this might be on Unreal 4. Though it looks like it should, it could be very much so on Unreal 5. Uh, with some of the uh, technological advancements we've seen with... Especially in the lighting department. Um, uh, with Luna and whatnot. That... Uh, it definitely could be, or it could be transitioned over to there. It was one of those. I'll have to, if I can find it before the end of the show, I'll, I'll pull it up and talk about it. But um, yeah, so shocking enough that I, it's weird because I think, I always think of Kingdom Hearts as we're getting, like Kingdom Hearts is always the, it, it almost got to the point of the like Half-Life 3, not to that extent, because I believe 
obviously for a longer time half-life had a little more impact to say the least on the games industry than kingdom hearts maybe have uh and that's no shot at kingdom hearts but you get what i'm saying a little more importance to where gaming got um but it's kind of like almost in that half-life three where when are we getting kingdom hearts three when is it coming oh it's delayed again it's delayed again oh we're still working on it. don't worry it's coming it's coming and somebody who really did and has liked the games and i like three very much um for what it was um and as somebody who was obviously, like I said, a pretty lapsed fan who only played, you know, Chain of Memories and I'm trying to think what I played, obviously, one, two, and then I played when they came out again. I played 1.5, 2.5, um, the final mix versions of those games. Um, I think that's it. I don't think I played any of the like the PSP games or anything like that, um, but I obviously caught up on it. It's just. The fucking, it, it doesn't matter. The the narrative's just fucking off the wall. It's crazy. It's, you are very much just, you throw fucking as much reality out the window as possible, even though now they're going for a more realistic approach. Um, But it is really crazy to think that we're already, like, when, and granted, we're talking 2019, you know, when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out right at the beginning. So we're talking about, you know, a three-year gap right now since we've last heard from a main, about a mainline, you know, Kingdom Hearts entry, we got Melody of Memory, I believe, um, or Memory of Melody, no, Melody of Memory, I believe is what it's called, the uh, the music-centric one um, that came out that did have some story elements to it from what I've heard, which, hey, that's great, it's just another fucking wrinkle to add to everything, um, but it is really cool to see that they feel, con- that Square feels confident enough to come out and say, hey, you know, this game isn't coming for a while, but we feel confident enough to at least show you at least a little bit of what you can expect. Um, and definitely, like, a lot of people have brought this up. Me, as a big Star Wars fan, first thing I saw whenever we got to the forest uh, portion, uh, when they showed the cuts of the forest portion of the game, I was like, is that Endor? That's definitely got to be Endor, right? And then, obviously, when somebody cut, now, granted, they've kind of trimmed it out of a lot of stuff, but there is a very much what looks like an ATST Walker leg, uh, <laughs> a piece of it. You can see that it's foot pad uh, in one of the photos. So to me, this is all but confirmation. We are finally getting Star Wars, and I would be shocked if we don't get Marvel as well this time around now that they're focusing on, because I believe in the ending of the DLC, it put them in, I think it was... I think it was Sora, Donald, Goofy, and Riku put them in the real world or a world that looks like a realistic version of Tokyo, if I remember correctly. Something like that. So to me, that's an obvious like point at, hey, we're going to start to get into more of the live action portions or live action franchises or entities that Disney owns. Um, and I think that'll be more or less its tie, I think, this time around. Um, because they've really started to kind of push away from Final Fantasy characters, uh, as we've kind of gone on with the franchise. So it makes more sense to me to see, oh, okay, we're going to go and kind of focus more on Disney's kind of gallery of, let's start looking at, you know, even two more Pixar things or whatnot that we're going to be going through. But I think we see more live action things. And I think it'll be heavily centered on star Wars and Marvel. I think that makes the most sense. Um, I think that probably makes it 
the easiest to kind of work with within that realm because yeah, it's fantastical, but so is Kingdom Hearts. So is, you know, the, the melting of Final Fantasy and Disney that it's always been for so long. Like it makes sense, but mostly that it's cool that we're already hearing about this where for the longest time it was, Hey, Kingdom Hearts two came out in, I believe that was Oh five. And then we didn't even get confirmation, true confirmation of, hey, here is something, some kind of physical piece of media we're going to show you until 2013, I want to say. I think that's when that was. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 reveal trailer. Yeah. I believe 2013. Yes, 2013 that we got the true reveal of it. So to kind of wrap your head around that, like that they feel that confident to go out there and say, hey, we're ready to at least show you this at this point in development. Bravo. But at the same time, devil's advocate, it could also be, hey, you fucking burned us for how long now? Like, <laughs> let's be real. Come on now. Like, don't show something unless you're ready to, or, you know, yada, yada. So who knows, obviously, with the state of development teams and with so many going work from home, which is great, um, and, uh, and working remotely, which is great, uh, and also, to just with pandemic plans being switched around and whatnot, it's, it'll be interesting to see where that kind of nets out at, but I, I think... It seems like for the first time in a long time, Kingdom Hearts kind of has a direction that it's going and has a at least a, a through line that is, hey, we're going to focus on this plot line and we're going to focus and settle in on this a little bit. And I think this, from what it looks like, even though I'm sure it will be very much a, hey, here's, you know, this is a very much a continuation of threads that we pulled on previously. This seems like it could be a potential good cut and dry entry place not to the almost almost to an extent of like a God of War that we saw or and not to that emphasis of reboot or something like that. But very much a if you're new to the franchise, you it's OK to jump in here like you could learn about everything that's happened previously through, you know, context clues and things throughout the game and this and that, where if you want to just jump in and learn about or get in on this game now, you can and it'll be fine. So, um. So it's cool to already hear about that. And, uh, you know, hey, hats off to Square that they're that confident for it. Hats off to Kingdom Hearts for 20 years. That's a franchise that, like I said, I've never been super die hard into, but a franchise that I've always enjoyed playing, um, especially in the mainline ones, that I always thought was such a cool idea. And I always thought was, and like, that's just me. I've always been interested in like, okay, those are two completely different things. Let's see what happens with them. And even at a young age, like when I saw Kingdom Hearts on PS2 for the first time and even and like when we went to Disney World and at the uh, Disney Quest and they had the like PS2 station there with it. I was like, I need to fucking play this game. I need to go buy this game. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, and I'm excited to see where that goes, uh, especially to obviously it'll be on uh, Xbox. Uh, as it was as Kingdom Hearts 3 was as well now that that's a third party franchise for the most part now um but it'll I'm also interested to see if this will be a day one PC thing as well or day one PC release I should say as well so I'm really curious to see how kind of that works out but looking around at the rest of the industry um 
you know, I kind of want to wait till Mike came back to talk about this, but I'll at least mention it. Obviously, uh, we got finally confirmation on when exactly season two of Halo Infinite will be coming. We all know how Mike feels about that, and I'm sure he won't be playing it, but at least want to get his thoughts on everything. Um, that we're getting new maps, modes, and events, obviously, out of that. Um, still no, uh, word on, obviously, Forge or Co-op coming. Um, obviously, those were pushed back a little bit more. Um, and, you know, we're just, I think it's, it's refreshing to hear that 343 is saying, hey, we understand and we, you know, hey, we get and we simply understand that you guys are out of patience and, you know, we want to start trying to change the direction in the course of this game from a content standpoint. And I think that's really, you know, that is admirable to see. Um, I, I'm much more, <laughs> I think, a little less abrasive with uh, my disdain and uh, towards where the state of the game is right now, but um, in 343 in general. But uh, I, I like to give credit where credit's due that, you know, it, it's refreshing to hear yet again a developer talk about show transparency and show hey we get it we hear you and we understand and hey we probably agree with you that you know what you're right we shouldn't necessarily have to or you shouldn't necessarily have to uh sit here and wonder just out of nowhere when stuff is coming you know if you you know we expect if we expect you to want to support the game and want to be in our ecosystem and invest in it for years to come. There's got to be a reason from us to make you do that. So, you know, it's, it is very admirable for that. And I'm sure Mike will get into it when we get back or when he, whenever he gets back. Um, but also too, just kind of looking around the industry as well. Um, I thought it was really cool that we're finally at a point now where Elden Ring is having a sub a sub seven minute speed run, which is ridiculous. Um, I have yet to sit down and watch it. I've only seen Charlie, uh, Moist Critical, Penguin Zero, uh, my boy, talk about it um, on stream because he just started doing trying to do his uh, speed runs, which did not go his way. Poor guy. Um, last night on his stream. Um, but uh, on a side note, though, I am very the elasticity with that game and, and with all from games, but very much so this one with its op being a true open world version of a from software game now. It is really, really, really cool to see what people are going are able to do with the the sandbox really that's provided to them and how they can do that and how they can get around and how they're finding out to kind of skip things with needing to limit the specs on your computer to be able to get six or a solid sixty frames per second to be able to frame skip and things like that. It's just it's just wild. Like and hats off to From Software for just being fucking incredible with everything they do uh with their work so outside of that it like i said it's been a very light week for news like there's just not anything that's truly i think and maybe this is just me i think a lot of the industry right now is very much nose down or head down nose to the grindstone of kind of getting ready for whatever the new iteration of the E3 time slot will be because it, it, it is right around that time where, hey, we're finishing up what our showcase looks like. Hey, we're finishing up. We're putting finishing touches on how we want to present things um, kind of approach to stuff like, you know, obviously Xbox is going to have a showcase. 
I'm sure Sony will have a state of play or another one of their deeper dive showcase that, you know, show bigger titles coming out, not necessarily, you know, focusing on some indie projects and things like that that are coming out, some larger scale projects. Um, same with Nintendo, obviously, with the direct that they're going to do. But I obviously it'll it's going to center around from what it looks like. Um, Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest and what that kind of looks like this year and you know, how that's going to look. But I I think a lot of developers are now kind of, we're getting into, I don't want to say a dry spell, but it is going to be a little bit lighter, I think, right this second for games coming out and whatnot. Actually, you know, I'm going to look, once again, this, this is one of those episodes that is very much loosey-goosey, off-the-cuff kind of thing. I want to look at the... 2022 video game release. Where's that? Yeah, the Game Informer one. Let's go April. All right, so just, I wanted to kind of see just looking at, ooh, MLB The Show. Ah, I need to play that too. I need to get back to play. I, just, I have yet to play that. I need to get to playing that. Um, so just kind of looking down the list. Yeah, so getting into May, Evil Dead game. I'm actually looking forward to playing that. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Uh, Dungeon Defenders. Um, nothing really in May, necessarily. And here's where we're kind of at the point now. Like Once you get to kind of May, June, July, anything, anything really past... I would say even past April, but anything past May is very much up in the air um, because E3, I think, relies so heavily on, hey, here's going to be, for the longest time, games in the games industry was, there were so many that believed in the, the idea and the mindset of, hey, we're not going to show anything until we're ready. Very much like Bethesda very much holds their cards close to the chest like that outside of what we've seen semi-recently from them. Um, but was very much, hey, we're not going to say a word about it, but then here, boom, E3 rolls around or whatever. Here's our, hey, Fallout 4 is coming out, and it's coming out in five months. See you in November, kind of thing. Um, E3 is kind of the home for a lot of that stuff with a lot of third-party publishers and whatnot, your Ubisofts, your Squares, your um, EAs and whatnot. So, it's going to be very much still kind of wide open a little bit on that, I would think. Um, but even looking at the rest of the year, like the only ones that we really have sticking for sure, Gotham Knights in October, Starfield, obviously. I almost made this, actually, the one thing I did almost make this episode about was like a, hey, my Starfield wish list or like what I'm looking forward to. But I think I want to wait a little bit longer for that. Uh, I kind of want to hold my cards on that one a little bit. I want to, I want to, you can hit me again, you know, kind of thing. Um, I may hold on to that one a little bit more because I'm curious to kind of see on a couple of different things what they kind of talk about coming out here soon. Um, but anywho, that's really all I have. Like I said, this was very much a peeled back episode. This is very much just shooting the shit kind of thing just because it's just me. Um, and I do need to figure out a name to call these episodes and just what's going on like like i said 
I don't want to call it thoughts from a balcony, but something like that, like something like, I don't know. Thoughts from the headset or something. There's something that sounds fucking stupid. It, hey, I'm brainstorming here. I'm, I'm at least fucking throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks. Anywho, though, I think that's going to do it for our episode this week. I'm your host, as always, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelist, on most internet platforms, including at Travelist underscore on Twitter. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S underscore. You can also find me streaming time to time on Twitch.tv slash Travelist underscore, same as Twitter. And if you want to play some video games with me, you can do so over on Xbox Live or really any platform that's out there. Uh, at just regular old Travelist. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S. And this, ladies and gentlemen, has been your newest episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and of course, PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe, just raise and review us. All that jazz I tell you every week wherever you get a podcast at. And follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games like and our dope giveaways. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be our episode this week. Thank you everyone so much for coming through, listening to my ramblings for this week. Mike will be back next week. We'll be back to a normal, our normal routine, like I say, whenever I do these episodes. But be back to normal next week. But thank you so much for coming through, listening, sharing, being a part of our growing community. Excuse me. Game on, listen to the doctors, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week.